What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Holy Hustle. This is episode 12. 12. Episode 12, bro. We're getting there. What's new with you, dude? Oh, not much, man. Just been living life. We're packing right now. We leave on Friday for our trip or Saturday morning for our trip. So, dude, it's just a lot. Like, you realize how much stuff you have. And we, we consider ourselves to be, like, on the line towards minimalism. But we're still like, dude, we got way too much stuff. <laughs> yeah. Way too uh, much stuff. What do you... Yeah. Are you like nervous? Are you excited? Like, what are you like? How are you feeling right now? Because you're gone for like a minute, Long bro. Time. Yeah, I feel kind of like mixed emotions. I feel excited for the adventure, nervous about like what's going to come of the adventure, like the possible roadblocks that happen between now and then, you know. Um, but then I also feel like excitement for like opportunities uh to experience new things, share the gospel with new people, um, and also just like try something new with Emily um but yeah man it's crazy like it's a long trip bro <laughs> we're driving That's so from dope kansas city to what is it uh seattle so it's like 27 hours but we're stopping in between at different spots and yeah it's gonna be a hike but we're excited so that's so dope so dope yeah dude i uh just this past weekend i had the apartments myself ashley was at a bachelorette party and uh you don't realize how much you miss your best friend until they're gone <laughs> What literally <laughs> was so I was so bored. I I think I sat at this computer for like 12 hours of the day. I'm not kidding. I was either a gaming or just like watching YouTube videos. I was so bored. But then I did go see the new Spider-Man and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but just go watch it. Go watch Good it. Enough? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I feel it. Uh, Is it like online with Actually, no, don't spoil it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything <laughs> yet because we're going we're gonna to go watch it tomorrow. So, Oh, let's go. <laughs> but it's uncomfortable, bro, being by yourself. Like every time Emily and I split up for the weekend, we try to stay together. But like sometimes her family got something going on and mine does too. And so I'm like, okay, we got to split up. I get choked up every time because I'm like, dang, that's my, that's my best friend. You know, that's like my forever partner. Um, so when right. we split up, it's always sad. But like when you get back together, it's the best because you're like sharing all the stories of what you did. And then you're just like glad to be back with them and stuff. You know? Yeah. 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 Dude, yeah. it's it's probably so nice for you too because you guys are married. We're not married yeah. yet. So like we come back from not seeing each other and we're like, oh, I just want to hug you. <laughs> just like be <laughs> yeah. close to you, but I can't do anything yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's different for sure. Like without going into too much detail, being married is my preference, but. You know, God yeah. is really good. <laughs> we were texting the other day. <laughs> oh, bro. That's funny. Bro. I texted That's Zach funny. the other day. I was like, dude, I can't do this. Like, I I need to get married, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, though, bro. That's a fact. Yeah. Bro. You put yourself in a situation that you're not used to, and you're like, okay, you know, I got the decision. Just like in real life, you know, or like in the word. The word coming into real life is big because you're like, I got the decision now. Am I going to? stay strong or am i gonna you after a while like at first you're slipping up but then after a while what you're really doing is you're just like falling hard <laughs> yeah you know? but, yeah yeah and yeah. that actually has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about today um mm -hmm. which is our comfort zone and the fact that calling is never going to be found in your comfort zone um i think this is a really important message for some people who are looking for what god wants them to do with their life uh, sometimes I think you can audibly hear God's voice, you know, whether it's a whisper, or it's from the word and he'll encourage you to be, um, 
to be confident and trust in the fact that God has a plan for you. Um, but I feel like at times that's something that some people may struggle with, myself included, to really understand what your purpose is and what God has called you to do in this world. Yeah. No, that's so good because I feel like um, our world has conditioned us in a lot of ways to accept the status quo, accept what everyone else is doing and think that it's okay to just like kind of go along with the pack. Um, but just to your point, you know, you're calling what God has for us. Like he calls us to be a holy nation set apart from the rest, not different just to be different for the sake of being different, but to be more like Christ, you know, like we'll never fully be like Christ because he's perfect, you know, and we've all, we all fall short of the glory of God. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is like, we have an opportunity to partner with God and do the things that he calls us to do. And, you know, I, I, I go back and forth on like individual calling. Cause I do believe that certain people are called to individual things, but I think that for those of us who don't know what our individual calling is, it's like God kind of puts us in the backyard and he's like, okay, see this fence, just stay in the fence. As long as you stay in this fence and do my will, then like, we're good. But when you go outside my fence and you start doing what you want to do, like now you run the risk of falling into traps, getting hit by a car, getting kidnapped, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like those are obviously very dark examples, but God is saying like, Hey, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to my glory. You know, it's kind of like a space heater. Like when you're sitting by a space heater, it's warm and you start to walk away from the space heater and it gets cold. Well, you can't be surprised when you get cold, when you get away from the space heater, because you're not close to it anymore, you know, right. but the more you draw near to God, the closer you feel to his presence, the more willing you are to do as well. And, you know, life, you know, it, it's gets so, so beautiful, but yeah. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. You brought up that like analogy, because if you think about it, dude, there's consequences to our sins. So imagine if you were just around a bunch of believers all the time who, yes, we all fall short, but we try not to sin. So we're repenting of our sins and yeah. we're doing everything in our power to not sin. Imagine if that was what you surrounded your, like say they did a test example where there was a hundred people and all hundred people were firm followers of Christ and repenting of their sins. There probably wouldn't be too many consequences around you. You know, no yeah. death, no <laughs> murder, no, you know, nothing bad would happen. Yeah. But if you were to take another test and put a hundred people, a hundred people who, uh, who were not believers in a room, there's probably going to be a lot of consequences that were to come around. And I think yeah. that's so crazy that you brought that analogy up because the further you get away from God, the harder it is to hear what your calling is in life. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like oftentimes in the word, these people are seeking God, you know, they're mm -hmm. looking for him and he answers or he's already been talking. Their ears just finally tuned to the frequency that his voice comes in and it's a very far different frequency than what we're used to in our world. And so when you hear that inclination, you're like, hold on, hold on. was this God. Let me go look at it. And so like, where do you go? The only place you really have to turn is the word. Like, has he done this before? Has he said this before? Um, I know for me, I've had like, it was actually very recent, one very crazy experience um, in a moment of prayer with God where a word came into my head that I'd never heard before in my life. And I was like, whoa, 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 like, let me slow down and like, see what's going on. And I've done, been doing some research on it lately. And it's something that God has done like multiple times to multiple people. And I don't think that I'm special. I think, you know, it's just like something that God does for his people. Um, but I finally like feel like my ear was tuned to the frequency that he speaks in. And like the calling that comes from that is like, it's for me, it's still very 
unclear. I've, I'm still trying to figure out like through the fast and everything, like, what does that mean? But, um, what I do know is like, Oh God is still there. He's still speaking to us, you Mm -hmm. know, but yeah, that's good, dude. Um, I have a question about that. Yeah, let's go. What, what, like, what did that make you feel like when you felt like God specifically put a word on your, like on your heart? And did you, because this is a question that I feel like a lot of people have when they hear, you know, like, oh, you know, God spoke to me. I heard a word from God. Did you physically audibly hear his voice? No, I would say it was more so like I've heard you say something before. So I like remember it. So it's kind of like in my self, I guess you could say. That's how Mm -hmm. like I was in a very deep moment Mm -hmm. of prayer. And it was like I heard something that I heard someone say before. But it just like rested on me. I don't know how to explain it. It was just different. But how did I yeah. feel? Like I was yeah. nuts, bro. <laughs> I felt like I was a, like I needed to be checked into a mental hospital because the way that I was raised, um, the churches that I grew up in, that stuff is like crazy. You know, mm-hmm. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that kind of stuff anymore, like cessationist type of stuff. But now when you look through the word and you see not only did has God like called people to specific things or just called on their names before, but. Jesus calls us the same exact way that God called like Moses in the burning bush or Noah or Abraham or whoever it is. That's who, what he's calling us to be right now. So for me, Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel good. It feels really cool. But at the same time, it's like, um, I just, I just think that this is God, his, him calling all of us. Like Jesus called us as a body to be, uh, his holy nation, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, do I feel special? No, but I do feel special because I'm like, yes, Jesus, I'm with you. (laughs) I would feel special, bro. That's, that's sick, but that's very dope. Um, so I had, I know, I know you had some questions, but I had a point that I kind of wanted, wanted to talk about. Let's go. First thing, first thing I want to start off with is, um, so we're talking about, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone so you can achieve your calling. And the first thing that I thought of was if God wanted us to be comfortable, the Israelites would have never left Egypt. Yeah. Mm. Ever. And so with that being said, I was like, all right, so what is a calling? And so I looked up on logos. I looked up calling. It says a profession, or as we usually say, a vocation, which is a strong feeling or suitability for a particular career or occupation, meaning so a vocation would be a calling, which is your job, your career. And vocation comes from the Latin word vocatio. See, Zach, I'm getting into this. I'm getting into this word study stuff, bro. Yeah. And which means calling. And so 1 Corinthians 7.20 says each each one should remain in the condition in which he has been called or he was called. So if you think about it, in 1 Corinthians, it says basically remain in the condition where God has called you. Okay, where is that? Well, you're only going to know the closer you grow to God. Yeah. And if you go back to what the calling, what a calling means, it's a profession or a strong feeling of suitability for a particular career or occupation. So wherever you feel like God is calling you best, or wherever you feel like you are strongest in your career, with God's presence, not with not not by your own doing, but with God's presence, wherever you feel you are strongest and where He has called you to be, He's telling you to remain in that condition and trust that. This is the part this is part of the life that he has commanded you to live by. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that and what 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 word for calling was that? Was that a Greek word? 
So New Testament. Uh, vocation. Vo- so vocatio is the Latin word. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Latin? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so a lot of times in the word, like, if it's uh, in the Old Testament, it's in um, ancient Hebrew. And if it's in the New mm-hmm. Testament, it's in Greek. But there's, like, some instances where, like, Latin is in there or you'll find, um, what's the other one? Aramaic? Aramaic? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so that makes it tricky, like, when you do, like, word studies just because, like, which one, you know? <laughs> right, but, yeah. No, well, think, so I, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I think that's the perfect way to approach it is like, like, how, how do I know that when I hear this, when I open up this podcast episode and it says comfort's not in your calling zone or whatever, you know, awesome. So first of all, shout out to Jalen for coming up with the names of the podcast episodes. Cause I am not <laughs> equipped and I'm not cool, bro. I'm not cool. And I'm just glad that he's good at that kind of stuff. But anyway, <laughs> so if I open up a podcast episode and uh, Jalen and Zach are going to be talking about blessings or calling or whatever it is the thing that we have to understand is like we have to strip away our assumptions about about what a lot of these words mean and go to the source and see what that means because like Mm -hmm. what you might see as a blessing or what you might consider success or what you might consider good isn't in line with what god calls good um so you have to understand like there might be a little bit of a language barrier there so let's slow down and like let's take some time and like when when paul makes these like uh these uh, calls on people or not calls on people's life. But when Paul makes these statements, sometimes it can get misconstrued because you are fitting it into like, what do I determine as blessing or successful? But anyway, all that to say is like, this is the perfect way to like go about, okay, I want to understand what my calling is and comfort and all that stuff. So like, let's see what the word has to say. Sorry. I just had to get that out there. Just no dude, that was demystify. That was great. What was the, uh, what was the first question you had as far as for like your notes? Yeah, I mean, dude, I had just like a lot of examples of people who did and didn't step out of their comfort zone. Um, so, you know, first one I think of is like Moses. He felt unqualified to lead Israel. And he's like, hey, God, please call Aaron up to help me out or call somebody else because I'm not equipped for this. Um, but God is like, and it's funny because when you look at the life of Moses, it's like, God's like, no, you got it, Moses, you're fine. And he's like, no, no, no. And then God's like, okay, we'll bring Aaron in. And then after a while, you kind of see Aaron like fade out. And then mm. Moses is the one, the spokesperson, and God's like, I called you to this, and now look, you don't need Aaron. I had a different calling for Aaron. He's supposed to be the high priest. Um, but yeah, anyway, so people stepping out of their comfort zone. Um, Aaron after the golden calf. Like, as we know, Aaron was the facilitator of the golden calf. He built it. He helped Israel worship around it. This is like one of the first big falls of Israel. Um, and then after time, he like re- realized how dastardly and how bad his sin was. And he repented from it because he knew like, oh, this is bad. You know, he humbled himself and he went on to actually like save a bunch of Israel because God's like smiting them. Like, hey, you know, they're done basically. And Aaron's like falls on his face in front of like amidst the storm. And he's like, no, God, please. And that's got to be uncomfortable to like Mm -hmm. go from being the guy who built the golden calf to being the guy that's like asking God to save them. You know, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, um, that's got to be very uncomfortable knowing that you're about to die any minute now. Paul, his whole entire life, he was uncomfortable, shipwrecked, mocked, beaten, tortured, imprisoned, all this kind of stuff. Peter walking on water, Zachariah climbing the tree, like all these examples of people stepping out of their comfort zone in line with God's will, not stepping out of their comfort zone just for the sake of, you know, more money at work or more fame or whatever the case may be. But they're like, it's uncomfortable for me to do what Jesus did because my life has not been marked by the actions of Christ. So now I'm going to go after it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, 
for us, it's kind of difficult because like we see that the way the world goes and you're like stepping out of my comfort zone might mean going to church. And it's not like there's levels to it, but like when you kind of take that first step out of your comfort zone, you get out of bed, you put your phone down, um, you put that bottle down, whatever it is, that blunt, whatever it is, that's uncomfortable. Like, cause I'm not used to this. I'm used to picking up the bottle and taking a drink. I'm used to picking up the game and burning time on it, you know? Um, but anyway, all that to say is like setting the foundation for what it looks like in our world. So, you know, listener, um, as you're listening to this, think of the things in your life that you think are, you know, you're comfortable with, you just do them regularly. Um, and kind of think about what does it mean to step out of my comfort zone into Christ? Um, so first mm. question, Jalen, I had is like, what does it mean to step out of your comfort zone? You know, that's good, dude. Um, I had in my notes, I think a great example of this is Moses. Uh, mm-hmm. Crazy how you kind of mentioned him too. So if you would have been with Moses standing before the Red Sea, would you have truly had faith that you would get yourself out of that situation? <laughs> now, now I'm sitting here thinking after I've read the Bible, well, duh, because I know what happens. But before, if I didn't know what was going to happen, I'd have been like, bro, are you You're dumb? <laughs> like, I'm not trusting you to get me across here. And I think that's where trusting God in your calling truly comes into play. And that's what happened with Moses. Moses was standing before this Red Sea and he's like, well, I know he didn't bring me here to leave me here. So it's just, su- it's such a beautiful example to see that like Moses, after all of this dialect and dialogue he had with God, gets to a point where he's like, all right, this is life or death. Like we've got to cross here. And if they don't, you know, they're dead, but he trusted God that where he was calling him to go and what he was calling him to do was going to get him through a situation. And, um, I also had down being comfortable is comfortable until it isn't. Yeah. Super facts. Yeah. And I just think that's, it's perfect for the story of Moses with everything that he had gone through, especially from the moment that he had his encounter with God. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Moses too, I mean, like, this is a guy that was broken. I mean, he killed somebody. That's mm-hmm. not good. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, God still chose to use him. And and it was not convenient for Moses to go into Pharaoh's office how many times? Ten times. And be like, hey, Pharaoh, you better stop. You know, you better let, let God's people go or else, you know. Um, so that's the thing is like stepping out of your comfort zone isn't always the most convenient thing for you. Um, but when you kind of feel that urge and you feel like God's calling you to do something that's maybe like counterculture or even bigger and repentance, um, you'll feel the will of God, like pulling you into something, you know what I'm saying? Because you start to feel that kind of like loose tug on your shirt maybe. And then after a while you're like, no, God's, God's trying to do something in my life. Like there's some kind of ripple effect that he wants to see come out of this situation. And so I have the choice to repent and turn to him or like turn my back on him, you know? And it's a good thing that Moses part of the Red Sea because like, man, like God would have made something happen, I'm sure. But that was mm-hmm. Moses calling and he stepped up. And you look at yeah. the book of Judges too. You look at other books. There's people who didn't fulfill their calling, man. And it's sad. And we don't talk about that enough. We don't talk enough about like the sad stories. I mean, just today at church, Pastor Kyle brought a really great word about Solomon and his whole life. Like Solomon achieved yeah. everything. And still he like didn't truly fulfill his calling, you know. Um there's so many examples, you know, especially like I just got done reading the book of Judges. So that's like really on my head right now. But these people who like, man, you you had a chance like Samson is 
for some reason looked at as like a superhero in our world, maybe just because like kids books or whatever. Um, and there's a lesson to be learned from Samson, but it's like, man, he was he was supposed to be a Nazarite 24 seven, not just for a section of his life. Like he's supposed to be a Nazarite for real, like a mm-hmm. really, really called person. And he just like didn't, man. And it's and it's a sad story, but we have the chance to learn from these people, you know, and then you see the people that do live up to their calling in like goodness flows and their generations are blessed and, you know, they get a special place in heaven and all this wonderful stuff happens, you know, but, but yeah, yeah. that's so good, dude. Um, mm-hmm. in Christian calling, we do what God tells us to do, even when it doesn't make sense or we don't understand. And yeah. I think that's the beautiful thing about being a follower of Christ is it's not whether we trust what we can do with our own willpower. It's a matter of fact of trusting God that no matter what situation I'm in, he's going to deliver me from whatever it is that I need to do. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing in trusting that I don't, I don't care that I don't have the willpower to get it done. I don't care that the world's going to call me this or call me that. I don't care that I have an addiction that I need to get over. I'm going to trust God that he's going to deliver me from it because I know that my calling is whatever he wants me to do, not what I want to do. Yeah. Cause like, it's not ordinary. Like the things that God calls us to do are not ordinary. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. so like we're not out here, (laughs) it might seem like it at times, but we're not out here like promoting dangerous ministry opportunities, but like there's times where you got to step into a zone where you're sweating, bro. Like your hands Mm -hmm. are shaking. You're a little nervous about what you're doing, but again, it's not our willpower. It's not what we're doing. It's like Jesus is fueling us. If Jesus isn't fueling you, then there's a good chance that it's not calling, it's not ministry. And if you don't make it out of that situation, then it's like, you know, uh, I don't want to make any hot takes or anything like that, but like consult God first and pray and slow down and make sure that you're doing this with like with the right heart, um, stepping out of your comfort zone, that is. Because for some of us, you know, like like if I would ask myself, you know, Zach, can you tell me a time where you stepped out of your comfort zone and, you know, it, it turned out to be like a good and blessed thing from God? Um, I would think about like the time I like start going back to church, um, just kind of fell onto a point in my life where I was like going out, partying, drinking, doing dumb stuff, hitting on girls and Lord knows what I, what else I was doing out there. But, um, I was like, I woke up one Sunday and it was like a football Sunday and I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to make some breakfast, probably go get something to eat. Uh, if I don't want to make breakfast myself and then I'm going to go and watch football all day long. And that's kind of like my comfort, comfort thing, you know? Um, but then I just felt God like for weeks actually calling me like, Hey man, church isn't going to get you to heaven, but like, you need to be in a body of believers. You have no believers around you right now. Um, and how easy is it for us to make a golden calf out of our life when we don't have believers around us, but that's a different topic. But anyway, um, I was like, okay, so it's uncomfortable. Let me walk in a church, probably still got alcohol in my breath, even though I brushed my teeth, like, and it was uncomfortable. And I walked in, I saw some people that I knew. Um, saw one of my close friends get baptized that day, just very coincidentally. And it was uncomfortable, but like, man, that was like one of the best days of my life, just choosing to go back into a body of believers, you know? Um, so maybe that's on the other side of, of comfort for you is like putting down that thing that maybe isn't like inherently bad, you know, especially by the world standards, but if it's not God, man, it's not good enough. So that's just how I feel. That's so good, dude. Um, it's so crazy too to, you know, hear life stories of how people's lives change from stepping out of their comfort zone. Um, that was something that happened with me. Football was all I did, live, breathe, eat football. And for me to give up, not necessarily give up, but for me to focus on something else other than football was one of the hardest things I could have ever done at that time. That was something that really took me um, – 
to take the power to step out of my comfort zone. And it was because I went down my, I literally got down on my knees. I said, God, listen, if football is what you want me to do, then let it be. But if not, I just want you to take me wherever you want me to go. And that was when I moved to Kansas city. It wasn't, it, it truly wasn't a decision of like, Oh, you know, Kansas city sounds like a nice place. I've got a job opportunity out there. Cool. No, I was like, okay, God, either football is going to happen or it's not. And whether it does, whether it doesn't, I don't care. I want your will to be done on my life. And so the job opportunity that I got in Kansas City, I just felt a tug that, like you were talking about, that slight tug on my shoulder, like, hey, let's go. I'm taking you here. And I moved yeah. to Kansas City, and I just can't – I can't even fathom, dude, where I would be if it wasn't for that moment that I had with God of stepping out of my comfort zone and letting his will be done instead of trying to force the things in my life to happen. And just letting his will, again, like I said, be done. And just the calling like on my life now I, that I look at compared to what I used to think my calling was going to be. I used to think, you know, I'd have a platform because I was a professional football player and I could be, you know, give glory to God for giving me the opportunity and the blessings to be a talented athlete. And then I just look at my life now and I'm like, one, I'm healthy. I don't have to worry about banging my head up on a Sunday. And yeah. Um, you know, I, I just look at my life now. I'm like, man, that's the only thing that could have brought me to where I am right now is God. That's it. Yeah. So, so then let me ask you this after that thought, what mm -hmm. other things right now do you know God's calling you to? And you don't have to say it out loud, but maybe this is helpful for the listener. Do you know God's calling you to, but you're choosing to stay in your comfort zone? You've seen him be good once. You've seen him be good twice, three times, four times, five times. How many times before we like fully commit? But that's the human condition, you know, that separates us from Jesus, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. dude was perfect, you know, so humbling ourselves and understanding, like, the reason why we do these things to step out of our comfort zone and accept the things like you, Jalen, just explained is because, like, Jesus is our Lord, you know, if, if he's your Lord, you follow him, you do what he says, you, you know, and it's not like a legalistic, you know, I don't get to live my own life type of thing. No, man, if you, if you live your own life, ask Solomon, go ahead, go live your own life, even with some blessings from God. And watch how it turns out. But if you follow mm -hmm. the what Jesus says is good and do what he did and do what he says, man, there's like true goodness, like true, true goodness on the other side of that thing. Um, and so like for a moment on earth, yeah, cool. Pull up in a bins, you got a fat house, go on trips, all this stuff, cool. But where's your soul at? You know, you got mm -hmm. big muscles, you got good hair, you've been spending all this time on XYZ, but your soul is in shambles, man. Just like slow down, step out of your comfort zone, try something that god is calling us to do as believers which we'll get to later on and like and see like feel that yeah. goodness you know but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and good. i think too i think too what some people think of like when they hear a calling they think like okay like that's my career and like that's all i gotta focus on no calling yeah. is like an it's an everyday thing because mm -hmm. stepping out of your comfort zone is an everyday decision that you're gonna have to make and it's not based on you know you're calling that like okay this is my career how am I going to step out of my comfort zone today at work? Great mindset, but this is where it should come from. Not, yeah, not your own thoughts and desires of like, okay, so I should, I should go give to the needy today. Okay. Yeah. Great. But why this right here why? will tell you why. And if your life is modeled after the word of God, you'll know exactly why God has called you to step out of your comfort zone in certain aspects of your life, like not having sex before marriage. Yeah, that's uncomfortable. It's yeah. normal to do that, but not in the word of God. 
not as yeah. a follower of Christ. That's not normal. It's normal to go out on the weekends and drink. Mm, not anymore. I'm a child of God. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah, because like we get so settled into what the world has to offer that if you think about it, you know, you'd mentioned Israel a second ago. They mm -hmm. were called to be God's people. And he's like, I know you're going to mess up because you're humans, but I'm just going to stay with you. Basically, this life or this family, this is where my son is going to be born into. But in the meantime, like we're, we're going to do this thing, you know. Um, and he's like, don't mess around with the other nations. Don't be cohabitating with them. Don't be living and worshiping their gods and their idols and stuff. And Israel's like, okay, sounds good. And then they don't roll out or like push the other nations out and they become like them. And then they find themselves in cursed lands and being ruled by um, gods and kings and all these terrible people and all these terrible things are happening. And it's because they just were like, ah, well, it's more comfortable if we just like don't, if we just say that evil's not that evil, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the things that are bad aren't that bad. We just kind of, um, make amends with the things of the, of this world, you know? And it's so easy for us to do that today too, as believers is like, you see where the world is and you kind of are like, yeah, this is okay. This is fine. You know, pick your hot topic, whatever it is. But really when it comes down to it, like if, if God called us to be a priestly nation, a holy nation set apart from the rest, then like, it's going to be uncomfortable, especially when everyone else in the world is doing things differently. And now you got to try to, you feel like you got to explain to your family and friends, like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you acting so differently? Like, because I, I feel the, the, the calling of God on my life and I'm just going to follow that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's tough, man, because you, you might lose some people, but the people that you gain, um, fill that void, but even better, the people that you lost for a moment, you get them back and they truly feel like deliverance from the Lord, not from you, like your will, but like from the power of Jesus, from what he did on the cross, you see them go to church or maybe just get in the word and start to understand life better and be saved from who they used to be and who they're coming to end to be, man, it's like, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. But there's a season where like you might find yourself in a very uncomfortable spot, like around new people. Sometimes you go to a Christian thing and you're like, these people are weird, <laughs> but then you like get to know them and you're like, oh, they're not that bad. You know, they're actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so it's, that's so true, sure. dude. Yeah, no, it's different. Um, I think that's, that's so important though. That's that's such an important part of like because people are like people are called to bring the promised land. So mm -hmm. we as we as people, we really rely on and lean on having strong friendships and strong relationships with other people. And so at times, a hundred percent, dude, it is hard to step out of your comfort zone and be like, okay let me not go hang out with this group of people. And instead, let me go hang out with the group of people from church. And you're going to be like, yeah. dude, why am I here? And then yeah. <laughs> a couple months later, you're going to be like, why did I not come hang out with them earlier? It's just so crazy, dude, because again, like people are 99% of like what we do with our life. You know what I mean? Like our relationships are everything. And if you're not, if you're not stepping out of your comfort zone to get around the people that you need to be around, you're going to find yourself in a sticky situation and you're going to find mm -hmm. yourself not able and capable of hearing God's voice and what your calling is in your life. Yeah. But also like, that's perfect. And I'm, I'm also thinking of the other side of like, well, I don't want to go to somewhere and be judged and I don't want to mm. be condemned for what I've done. I don't want to be, cause like we're prideful as humans. That's, that's human nature. Say like whether you're not even the good guy that lives next door to you, who just seems like the nicest guy, like we're all prideful, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so 
when we realize that, like someone's going to come into this building and, or come into my friend group and they've what lived a different life. They have a different path than I have, whatever the case may be like, man, open your arms and welcome them in because now we are called to be the body of Christ. Now they're coming to you. They're coming to us to be the people who fulfill God's will on their life, you know? Um, and if you're not going to be like, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation where there's someone around you who is like maybe a little bit more rough around, a little bit more rough around the edges or, um, dangerous or kind of awkward, whatever the case may be like, man, give them a chance, you know, because mm -hmm. people need, people need time and people need people, especially godly people, people who are at least working towards being disciples of Jesus, you know, and discipleship yeah. is uncomfortable too. Like, you know, having those conversations with people where it's not the most like loving and inviting and exciting, you know, uh, blood pumping conversations, but it's like, Hey man, like I, I just want to see the best out of you in your life. You know, I think pastor Kyle talked about that a little bit today, which is why it's on my head. But, um, yeah, like you start going into a church or you or you find yourself in some kind of body of of believers, you're going to see that like they hold themselves to a higher standard or or a different standard, you know, not higher necessarily, but um our standard comes from the word. Um and when we see one of our fellow brothers or sisters fall, like we're quick to be like, "Hey, you know, let's pick them up and dust them off and, you know, help them continue to walk with with the Lord." But um it's uncomfortable, man, and if you're not willing to have those conversations with people that you love or new people in the circle or new people in church or whatever it is, then man, you might be missing out on like some of the best that God has to offer just because you want to stay comfortable and just have the same conversations about sports or video games or going to the, the beach or whatever it is, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, that's so good, dude. I, I'm so thankful. I, I would say, cause I know we talked about today at church with wisdom and having, um, I'm going to pull it up actually. Cause I think it's re it's really important to understand this. Um, wisdom is refined in relationship. I know we're talking about comfort and calling, but wisdom can kind of fit in with this. Um, if it wasn't for, cause pastor Kyle said, you know, have two to three or more people that tell, you no in life, if you don't have yeah. people in your ear telling, you no, you need to find some new friends. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm super, nice. I'm super thankful for, I would say my two key people are the guy that's on this screen with me right now and Pastor Kyle, two people that I know I can talk to about anything in life, and they're not always going to tell me what I want to hear. For example, when I first decided to come back to, or when I was coming back to Kansas City, and I'll never forget this too, I was coming back to Kansas City to move into my apartment with Ashley, and Zach helped Ashley move into our apartment. And about a month after I had moved in, Zach was like, man, Dude, I really wish I really wish I would have talked to you about this earlier because you and Ashley, yeah, you know, it, it'd be easier on you guys. But um, I wish I wouldn't have helped her, helped her move in, so you guys weren't in the same apartment. <laughs> and I'll just never forget that because I was like, dude, you know what? Now that I think about it, like I can't pick and choose when I decide to let God have a calling in my life. So I can't pick and choose when I want to, um, for example, live with my girlfriend. I can't pick and choose and be like, you know, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's fine. I can, I can live with Ashley and we'll be perfectly fine. And we do live together and I'm again, I'm sleeping in a separate room, but, um, it's just, it's the fact of having those friends that are able to tell me like, no, and it's uncomfortable for us. It's uncomfortable for us to have those conversations. But then we look back and we think, dude, if we didn't have that conversation, we wouldn't be holding each other accountable and it wouldn't be a meaningful relationship. 
if there was something yeah. that I was going to do or something that Zach was going to do and I didn't tell him the honest to God truth, I would feel very, very bad. And I would feel like our relationship is just a yes man relationship. And that's not what a friendship should be. Yeah, because like as a believers, you, you grow and mature and you're like, okay, I know what leads to a good life and I know what leads to a cursed life. And mm -hmm. as a friend, when you don't call those things out, it's uncomfortable, bro. Like, cause you, you never know, especially the first time. Um, I've lost lots of friends for having these conversations, you know, who said that they were believers, but you know, you quickly find out like, maybe that's not really the case. Um, maybe they don't believe in the same Jesus that we believe in, but I'm not saying that like anyone's better than the next, but, um, anyways, like you have those conversations and you run the risk of losing somebody or you run the risk of like being a huge catalyst for someone following or finding themselves into a blessed land, you know? Um, and as a friend, when you, when you see something and you don't say something, you're basically allowing your friend to go into Babylon. You're allowing your friend to go and ha go live with the Canaanites. You're allowing your friend to go and shack up with the, uh, nations outside of Jesus's camp, you know? Um, and for me, that's really convicting because I know how responsible we are to each other, especially when we start talking about the word of God. Um, I know how like responsible we are to each other and to the listeners. So it's like, you know, how do you come at it with love? And how do you also come at it with like truth to know like, Hey, I'm doing this. And we're saying these things that are maybe uncomfortable and more difficult to hear because we want to see goodness flow in this world. You know, um, when you think about the Lord's prayer and you say, Lord, your will be done. God's will is not for us to be out here sleeping around, man. It's not for us to be going out to the club. It's not for us to be chasing after paper or chasing after drugs, women, men, yeah. whatever it is. It's not for us to be, you know, with the same sex. Like, I'm sorry. I know this isn't the most popular thing to say, but if we're called to be different than the world, man, then we, this is our single authority. This, I'm not here. Like, we're not here trying to make hot topics or whatever it is. Like, we just want to tell you about the Bible, tell you about our experiences and encourage you to go see for yourself, you know, cause when you let the, when, when you let the word touch you, man, man, it'll be a beautiful day. But if you just keep going along with the world and you say like these 10 things that the world says are okay, are okay. And God clearly says that they're not, man, it's uncomfortable, but whose side do you want to be on when Jesus comes down from those clouds? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, but you got a, you got a choice. You do. You a lot of people, a lot of people think there's no choice. There is a choice. And like I said earlier, man, being comfortable is comfortable. Yeah, being comfortable is comfortable until it isn't. Another thing that me and Zach talked about was um, I was going to, and he'll be able to give you a better description of this, but I was going to fast um, to help, you know, make a decision and hear God's voice. And Zach, th this was like such a good, and I still have yet to do this yet, but I'm going to. I'm going to have <laughs> Zach, I'm going to have Zach, I'm going to have Zach send me the exact like thing I need to study in order to do this. I think he did, you did send it to me actually. Um, I, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm no expert, but yeah. Yeah. But I was going to fast and dude, this is, and this is why it's so important to have friends who are very, very strong followers of Christ and want nothing but his grace and his mercy and his love to overflow in your life. So I was texting Zach and he was like, can I ask you a question? I was like, what's up, dude? He was like, why are you going to fast? <laughs> I was like, uh, because I want to hear God's voice better. And like, you know, allow me to focus on him rather than the normal everyday things in life. And he was like, are you sure? It's like, what are you getting at dude? And he sent me a video and I have to watch it still. But he was like, just, I just want you to look at this and think, 
differently about how and why we should fast. And again, I haven't watched the video yet, video yet, but it just goes to show that like, even though I was wrong or not necessarily wrong, but I was going to do something different. That wasn't exactly what God wanted for me in the moment. And I'm so glad to have somebody like Zach who could be like, Hey dude, watch this. This is what the word of God actually says about fasting. This is what the word of God actually says about homosexuality. This is what the word of God actually says about, um, anything else, everything, everything you need. Yeah. Everything you need to know about life. It's in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I would definitely was not like trying to, to discourage Jalen or you from, uh, fasting because I highly Mm -hmm. encourage it. Right. Right. Putting our motives in the right place is so important because, if we if we're not careful then it can seem as if we're trying to conduct the lord you know we're trying to do things to get a response from him when he's already been talking to us um when he's already given us that word when he's already given us that answer and it's not say okay now you don't have to fast but like i i feel when you look to the word that a fast is more a response to something happening than for people to get a response and a fast is very uncomfortable but when something happens to you and you feel like a fast is appropriate um, man, like it, it hits differently because it can go from, you know, macho man, I'm trying to see if I can make it a week without eating to like truly seeking God. And, you know, one, one big reason why I like that I learned about the fast is like to repent from a sin or repent from your sins and just like spend time denying your flesh, you know, um, because, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you have an addiction to, uh, porn or sex or, uh, eating, whatever it is, you know, um, and you learn how to deny your flesh through a fast, it makes it a lot easier. And this isn't like a self-improvement quick tip, but it makes it a lot easier to deny your flesh of those other sin because you know that your source comes from God. If you can go a couple of days without eating or like 24 hours without eating, then there's something that triggers inside your soul that's like, oh yeah, I'm relying on God right now. So when it comes time to look at that girl's butt who's walking by, it's like, nah, I don't need that. I'm good, you know? Um, and it's not like, oh, I'm better than anybody else. It's like, I'm better than I, better than who I used to be. I'm more Christ-like in comparison to who I used to be, you know? Um, and Jesus says in Matthew 10 39, he says, I'll read it right here from my screen. He says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. How uncomfortable is it to one, hear those words and two, to understand, like, it's uncomfortable to know that I've got to die to myself, everything that I've built you know, much of who I've built myself into be as a man or a woman, no matter how old I am, has to go and it has to like start to live in line with Christ. And then I think it's Second Timothy one seven. Um, Paul's writing to Timothy, such an amazing letter. But he says something along the lines of like, God didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, love, and self discipline or self or or uh, self control, whatever your translation you have. And that's to say like Stepping out of your comfort zone, God has equipped us with that. He gave us the word. He gave us a spirit that's good enough to get it done way beyond even getting it done. Um, so now the onus is on us to buck up and be like, all right, man, like, let's let's finally do this whole like following Jesus thing. Um, and again, I can't say it enough. Just like watch the goodness flow from your life. And you'll be like, oh, it makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But, um, that verse, dude, I'll never forget that. That verse that you just said was one of the first verses that me and you remember we had that verses app yeah yeah and we yeah, were yeah. trying to that do that together yeah, yeah 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 you were uh that was one of the first verses he picked and it's for god gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control and 
at the time when we were going over that verse, it was so powerful to me because self-control was something that I was really trying to work on. Um, me too. <laughs> and so I think that's so crazy that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about as far as for comfort zone is, and, gr and granted, we, we do this with everything that we talk about when it comes to the word of God and when it comes to growing in your relationship um, with God. And if Jesus did it, why shouldn't we? Yeah. Jesus, our king, the Messiah, stepped out of his comfort zone in one of the most humblest ways possible and washed his disciples' feet. Mm. And I'm pretty sure I talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this already. Um, in one other, yeah, yeah, in one of our other episodes. But if you haven't done that yet, please do that. Wash somebody's feet. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. Just do it. It's one of the most humbling experiences you'll ever, ever do. And then another thing too, and this is this is pure emotion out of Jesus as well. But this is also a very, very uncomfortable thing for someone to do. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. Jesus wept, and that is so, so so crazy to me when I think about it. I was, I was reading this, um, cause it's in our Bible reading plan, um, John 11, and it talks about Jesus weeping. And I literally highlighted 28 through 37 because it talks about how Jesus weeps. And it's just so beautiful to think that like, bro, the King, the Messiah, the savior of our lives, granted it, it, it was uncomfortable probably for the people around him, but like it was pure emotion for him. Yeah. And I just think it's so beautiful to see that um, in that moment when Lazarus died, that Jesus wept. Yeah. You know what you got me thinking about is like death is not good. You know, it is, mm -hmm. it, it is something that God has made good, but the original plan was not for that to happen. That's why we were right. in heaven, you know? Um, but the, maybe I'm wrong. I'm no biblical scholar, but is Lazarus the only one who dies in the gospel books? Oh, I thought you were going to say something like, else. Um, I don't know. I mean, other than Jesus, like they both come back to life, but and that's a different topic. But yeah, it must have made Jesus uncomfortable because he knows that it's not good for people to die. Like we shouldn't, mm -hmm. this shouldn't have ever happened. So Lazarus dies and he weeps. And that probably puts him in an uncomfortable situation because like this isn't supposed to be happening, you know. But there's also something beautiful about stepping out of your comfort zone into doing something new, something more Christ-like mm -hmm. that once you get there, now you're comfortable because you're now fueled by the by the living God. You know what I'm saying? Um, and again, like the whole reason why we even want to do these things is because we declare Jesus as Lord and Savior, King over our lives. And he gives you the power. He gives you that spirit of power, love, self-control so that when you go into these uncomfortable situations, like you're fueled up for it. Um, but yeah, anyway, all that to say is super random note but i'm like trying to think of anybody else who died in the gospel books and i can't think of anybody i mean uh, what's his name nicodemus not nicodemus the guy who like couldn't die until he saw jesus at the very beginning. oh um what's his name are you sure it's not nicodemus it might have been nicodemus i, I think it is not biblical scholars yeah but yeah no i'm i'm pretty sure i think it is i think it is too yeah but anyway, yeah, um, crazy. Weird. Yeah, dude. And <laughs> and two and two in that on that same note, uh, where did Jesus return when he went to raise Lazarus from the dead? Mm -hmm. Come on. Definitely somewhere he should not have been. <laughs> Bro <laughs> yeah. stepped completely out of his comfort zone to go save yeah. his best friend. Mm -hmm. Or was Jesus comfortable 
knowing mm. this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm. See, this I don't is hey, this in Jesus' mouth, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, <laughs> Jesus knew, like, he knew what was up. He knew. Oh, yeah. Word. You know what I'm saying? As much as I he think, quoted the word, he knew. I think that's another topic that we should cover at some point because I think that's really important. Um, but, like, what's that? Like Jesus, okay, for example, so Jesus is the son of God. And so Jesus knows what's going to happen already. So like, <laughs> yeah. like that that right there for me is just like a complete, like I, I would have to go on, like I, I will never understand that, dude. Like how, so like Jesus knew this stuff, but did he still mm. live life as a, like as someone who, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, did he know, like uh, yeah. he knew this stuff was going to happen, but did he live with free will knowing like, Okay, I have He's, to do this, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He was human, so I th- I think it's safe to say that he still had the chance to say no, you right? Because like, what set Jesus apart from the rest is that he didn't sin. He like he he was mm-hmm. perfect. And these other examples, even David, you know, Joshua, some of these guys, Moses, who were very solid pillars in the Old Testament, um, they've stumbled, but Jesus didn't. And although he was mm-hmm. son of man or like fully God, he was also fully man, so. Yeah, I think like that's so hard. Jesus is too, too tough. Like, see, dude, see, see what you did. Bullshit. See what you did. Because I yeah. said he was uncomfortable in that situation. You were like, dude, you never know. He could have been like super comfortable. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll never know. I think like one time that we can definitely see Jesus was uncomfortable is the Garden of Gethsemane. Like mm-hmm. without a doubt, he was uncomfortable there. Um, carrying the cross, you know, someone had to come help him. He wasn't comfortable. And, yeah. you know, we think about the cross and it's become like a decorative piece at church or at our house or wherever. I oh, got one right here above my head of one, like everywhere on my place, you know, and I was talking to Emily the other day and I was like, I don't know that the cross makes us uncomfortable enough. Like, I don't think we fully realize the magnitude of the cross. Had it be an electric chair up there or like a lethal injection up there, maybe we would understand more of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us because that's like our modern term of the cross, you know, a guillotine, not so modern, but things like that. Um, and this dude, man, he came and he died for the sins of humanity, the sins that we commit, you know, so that we can turn and repent so that we can have a new life with him. And he gives us the opportunity. He gives us the spirit to go put ourselves in uncomfortable situations, share the word. I mean, you think about the apostles too, the sent ones right after Jesus death, um, Holy Spirit comes in the upper room, all this stuff. And these dudes are in uncomfortable situation after uncomfortable situation, sharing the word of God because they know, yes, this is an uncomfortable situation, but the ripple effect that it's going to have throughout the rest of this world and history and generations to come is well worth it, you know? And that's the beautiful thing about stepping out of your comfort zone is oftentimes it leads to so much goodness that you will never see, but somebody will see it one day. You know, we're sitting here right now talking about what we're talking about, talking about how Jesus is the greatest savior that there could that or the only savior that there ever was the perfect human being the one we that we look up to and he's our lord and everything because somebody sacrificed and put themselves in a situation where like hey my back's against the wall you know um that's actually dude and i'm sitting here thinking i'm like brainstorming i'm like what's something i could like a, a piece of advice i could give to people and truly i just thought i was like if you feel like right now you're at a point in life where you don't know if like you're doing what God has called you to do. I want you to think back to the last time you really stepped out of your comfort zone, like you mm-hmm. did, where you did something that you really didn't want to do, or you felt like it was pointless to do. 
When's yeah. the last time you actually stepped out of your comfort zone? Whether it's it could be something physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, whatever it may be. Um, for example, when I had anxiety, it was very, very hard for me. I, I can open up and talk about my mental health with almost anybody. But for me to really tell myself that, hey, I should probably go see a counselor, that was hard. That was hard for me to say, hey, I need to step out of my comfort zone and go figure out what's going on with my brain. And for me to take that, you know, step of saying, okay, this is uncomfortable for me, but I want to be comfortable again and, you know, live a life that is meaningful and have, you know, God's blessings in my life. That was something that was uncomfortable for me. I would say that was like one of the last times that I really was like, okay, I've got to step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's the bigger cost? Stepping out of your comfort zone or staying in your comfort zone? Mm. You have more to lose by staying comfortable if you're not doing the will of God. Because now, as believers and as followers of Jesus, we're missing out on like the whole purpose. Go make disciples of all nations, you know. Um, and and to me, we have more to lose when we stay comfortable. When we mm -hmm. when we keep our phone in our hand, scrolling, and we don't pick up the scrolls. You know what I'm saying? Mm. When we sit at home and watch a movie, and we don't go outside and find someone to feed and share share a meal with, have community with somebody who is less fortunate than us. Um, Go volunteering at your church or serving in your community to bring the word of God, bring the will of God to the youth, whatever it is, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, those are just some examples, of course. But Well, dude, yeah. it, it, what you just said really made me think of something that I've kind of applied to my life ever since I started hearing about the word of God. This was in college. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never forget when I said this because my uh, Bible study instructor for FCA was like, that's a really good point, Jalen. I was like, I'm going to save this. But the short-term yeah. suffering is always worth the long-term blessings. Mm -hmm. And that applies to everything in your life, whether you're stepping out of your comfort zone, um, you know, to get better mental health, that short-term suffering of stepping out of your comfort zone and sharing your feelings with how, like with someone about how you feel, the long-term blessings that are going to come out of that are way more worth the way more worth than the short-term um, difficulties that you're going to be putting yourself through. And I, I apply that same thing with eternal life. The short-term suffering that you're going to have to put your flesh through on this earth is way more worth it than losing the opportunity at eternity in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because like um, I'm like a – I talked about it before, love personal finance, and there's like the this thing called compound interest. Don't want to get into it too much, but it talks about like – you know, you put a thousand dollars in an account right now, and then you contribute a dollar a day for the next thirty years. That hundred dollars grows into like three hundred and something thousand dollars. You know, and kind of like Pastor Carl even talked about today, it feels like we're talking a lot about him. But um, these small steps of obedience to the Lord lead to like bigger blessings, not for just you. Again, we we've been saved. Jesus has already paid the tab. What he asks of us is to be doers of the will, not merely listeners, not merely knowers of the word, but to be doers of the will of the word of God, you know. Um, and so, yeah, denying your flesh in a moment so that your eternal self can thrive and like be with Jesus, 100%, always worth it every time. So then, Jalen, like for you, mm -hmm. being transparent, what are some areas in your in your life you feel that you need to step out in your comfort zone in? Mm -hmm. I would say my prayer life uh consistently finding time because anybody can sit in their car and pray on their way to to work or to the gym or yeah. um 
you can sit and pray before you eat every meal like I do. Um, you can find time, you know, three times a week to sit and pray. But, dude, I have found some very, very, very um, encouraging moments from the Lord when I actually close these doors behind me, in this room, exactly in this room. Mm-hmm. When I close this door behind me, um, turn on some instrumental gospel and just pour everything out and then to just listen like those are moments where i truly feel like okay i'm allowing god to speak to me and i'm giving everything to god that i need help with in life i need to keep myself disciplined to doing that every single day and setting time aside every single day to make sure that my prayer life is where it needs to be as well as my um, bible study life because when i do that with my prayer life i instantly read the word with it. And so like it, it goes hand in hand. So I would just say those two, those two things specifically for sure. And then also yeah. too, like with my career, cause right now I don't have a job. I've been like looking for jobs and whatnot, but, uh-huh. um, but I also feel like I'm doing pretty good in that. And a lot of people keep telling me like, Jalen, get a job. You know, when are you going to get a job? Are you applying for jobs? And I'm just like, guys, I'm cool. Like, and I think that's like, God telling me that I'm fine. Um, I think that's my part of being in an uncomfortable zone right now is the fact that like I don't have an income, but I'm okay with like I'm trusting that God is going to take me where I need to go. And I'm not forcing a job to come into my life. I'm not forcing something to happen, but I'm just letting God go to work in my life and um, trusting that wherever he wants me to go is where I'm going to end up. Okay. So before I answer real quick, Mm -hmm. this didn't happen overnight. The first day you decided to be a believer, you didn't go into your room, close the door and pour out to God. The first day you decided to follow Jesus, you didn't say, God's got it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm covered. I know that he's okay, that he's got me, got me saved and got me, uh, he's going to provide for me basically is what I'm trying to say. So like, Mm -hmm. how did you get from the point where you rely on self to rely on Christ for all these things, you know? Like, how do you feel? Does that, is that a good question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I, I understand exactly what you're asking. Basically, how do you get to the point where you can trust God instead of your own um, willpower? Like yourself, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say for me personally, dude, and again, praying and just growing in my relationship with God, obviously is the number one way. But um, I think ultimately, dude, it's, it's seeing what he's done for my life thus far. And... Um, I'm a big, I'm a big person on like, just like motivation and discipline. And so when I'm holding myself accountable and staying disciplined to like the word of God in my prayer life, I see the things that God has called for my life to happen unfold in front of me. And when you get that, it's very hard to deny that like God is going to work in your life. It's very hard to deny that, um, he is watching over you and blessing your life because when stuff starts to happen like that, like there's no way I'm sorry, but there's no way in hell you think you're doing that on your own. Like Mm -hmm. the things that are happening in your life for your career, for your job, for your relationships, whatever it may be, that's not, you can't do that alone. And so when I start Mm -hmm. to see those things happen, it's no longer, okay, I'm doing this all myself. And, and I don't, and this is not a knock on anyone, but I just don't understand. And I don't see how people could ever do that. Like, you know, celebrities, famous people, they're always like, you know, I put the work in, athletes included. I put the work in. I did what I had to, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, where did you get your talents from? Mm-hmm. You weren't just like, 
you weren't just like one day, okay, I'm going to be a really good singer. And now you're a really good singer. No, God blessed you with the ability to sing very, very well. And then he's giving you the opportunities day in and day out to, to work at your craft for that. Those are blessings from God. That's not your own willpower at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, you know, we can accomplish a lot by human willpower. Like human willpower can do a lot. You know, non-believers accomplish big things all the time. Steve Jobs invented the iPhone, you know, and to my understanding, he wasn't a follower of Jesus. Um, but can you take that to heaven? I don't think that's going to get your ticket in there, you know? Um, and that's not why we're like, we're, we're, we follow Jesus for a lot of reasons. One of them, obviously to, you know, be able to get into heaven, but it's because we know this is goodness. Like we want goodness in the world and we're following his definition of goodness, you know? Um, but yeah, so like one area for me that I know I need to step out more in my comfort zone, more out of my comfort zone is two things, the spiritual disciplines, mainly like fasting, um, and a response, like whenever I feel that, um, I don't want to get too deep into that because it's still something I'm praying on and trying to sift out. Um, but then another one is sharing the gospel with the people that I love. It's weird because I'm, I'm very comfortable sharing the gospel with strangers, people that I don't know all that well, you know, um, but sometimes I, I fear sharing the gospel with some of the people that are closest in my life because I don't want to lose them, even though I know that I, it wouldn't be my by my power. It would be by the power of Jesus using me and speaking through me. But there's something in me that's like, well, this person has this very strong political or belief on the way that the world of like sex goes or whatever, gender, whatever it is, where this goes. And so I feel like I can't share the gospel with them because now they're going to put us on different pegs as enemies, you know? Um, and so for me, it's like getting out of my comfort zone, being able and willing to share the gospel with that person, but also trying to bring it to a level of like, Hey, you know, this is what love is. You know, I know that you've got your definition of love. Here's mine. And I would love for us to explore this together and see like how good, um, our Lord, our Lord Jesus is, you know? But again, oftentimes I feel like I speak a or we speak a different language than the world. And so we sound like a freaking crazy person to them. It's hard. So I'm trying to it's hard. understand like, how do these communicators, how do these people speak in a way that, uh, makes everybody, it makes everyone receive it, you know? And the thing that sucks is we can't see how that person receives it. So as I go and I share the gospel with them, I might think, man, I just blew a relationship with that person. I you know, they're never going to follow Jesus and it's all my fault. Or I can think, you know, Hey, I shared God's word and that's what he asked us to do. And it's not my words that do anything. It's, is the word of God. And this is how I think in my head. I'm like speaking and like ministering to myself and I'm like, Hey, it's not by your power. It's by the word of God, you know? So just be bold, you know? And that's one thing that I, I, I want to step out more and is being bold and sharing the gospel with the people that are like very, very close to me. So that's good, dude. And I agree. It's it's hard. It's hard, man, because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Ultimately, we're called yeah. to love others, and it's hard for but people to understand. Like? Exactly. That's what that's what yeah. I was gonna say. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard for it's hard for others to understand um, what our definition of love is because we love people and we want to give them what God has given us—the same grace, love, mm -hmm. and mercy that He's provided for us. We want to be able to have that um, apply to their life also. But at times, people don't see from the same lens as us, so they don't. They don't think what we're saying is out of love. They think it's out of hate. And yeah. uh, it's hard. It's hard, dude. I agree. That's one thing that is 
very difficult because again, we love people. We don't want to hurt people's feelings, but, um, you know, the word of God is the word of God. Yeah. And, and, and it stinks because like, you know, you lose people and we know that we're enemies of, of the world. We're supposed to go and make disciples of all nations, you know, but the world has pegged us as an enemy and a lot, especially in the world that we live in today. There's a lot of topics where for some reason, Christians get wrapped up with being the enemy when we're the ones. And a lot of it is on us for just like not actually knowing the word, not actually living the word, not actually, or being hypocritical or whatever it is, but we're flawed. You know, um, we look at Jesus. We don't look at Zach and Jalen. Um, we're just two guys that love to talk about Jesus and hopefully, you know, teach some people and give examples, but it's tough because like when you're an enemy of the world, it makes you seem like a radical, <laughs> you know? Mm, yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, Oh man, like I'm not saying that I'm right, but Jesus is definitely right. You should definitely listen to Jesus. I, I don't have it figured out. I'm not perfect, but please give Jesus a chance. Yeah. That's so good, dude. I, I yeah. feel like we could keep talking, but we're already like four minutes. It's over. It's an hour and four no, minutes no, right no. now. Wait, give me one last thing. I'll do. I'll be okay. Quick. I always okay. feel like we should end the episodes with actionable things that people can do. Again, your works aren't going to save you, but we don't want to leave you with just like, oh, here's some things that we talk about our experiences. These are things that we've collected from people um, or just researched in the word. Um, these are examples on stepping out of our comfort zone. Um, and I can post these too, but it's kind of long. So just bear with me real quick. But um, get off your phone, open the Bibles, obviously a big one. Get in community. If you're introverted, take quiet. Or like if you're an introverted person, get into community. That's going to be uncomfortable for you because you're used to being alone. If you're an extrovert like Jalen and I, find time to be alone with God, you know, quiet time with no one else around. You kind of have to live in that tension. And it's like a healthy balance. Um, another one is to read Christian books. Uncomfortable. Some of us don't even like to read. Break through that comfort level and find like some really, really good stuff. Uh, spend less time gossiping and more time seeking solutions in scripture. There you go. That's a good book. The genius of Jesus is a good one. Um, but the, again, spend less time gossiping and more time seeking solution through scripture, not just through what we think is right. Um, serve somebody you wouldn't think you normally would. Um, all of the spiritual disciplines, you can all, those are all definitely uh, uncomfortable prayer, fasting, Sabbath, community, feasting, doing so like moving your feet in the same way that you pray you pray for god's will to be done okay go do it um turn off secular media and turn on christian media like music movies tv podcasts meditate on the word read slow find resources to better understand spend time on things that confuse you so like come to an understanding um go to church regularly um share the gospel with someone you love hypocrite for me saying that <laughs> um spend less time on your career or body or whatever it is and more understanding on your soul and the bible uh tithe man that's a whole another one raise your hand and praise at church um take notes at church uh boils down to doing the things that you hear the spirit nudging you to do um instead of shutting it down right away you know oftentimes we hear the spirit speak to us and we that's the first thing we push out even though that's the first thing that we should pull in um Wake up earlier and start your day in prayer. Uh, discipline yourself into doing what Jesus did. Um, and then when you start to do the things that Jesus did, like actually like with your hands and feet, you're going to understand him more. You're going to be like, oh, I get why he did this because it brings a certain goodness into the world. It ushers in heaven into earth, just like we're called to do. Um, open your mind and be open to being challenged like by your people and be open to challenging somebody else. Um, ask to be discipled by somebody far wiser than you. Don't sugarcoat the word. Find the lessons in what the word has to say. Again, we always talk about finishing Jesus' thought, get to the bottom of the red letters. And the last one, I know this was long, 
but let the word become who you are. Um, mm. Those are just some quick examples for like, how can I step out of my comfort zone? We don't want to leave you guys with just like, oh, that was a good episode. Well, what, what should I do now? Um, we just gave you like A through U options. I think that's like 20 options. So <laughs> let's yeah, go. So. <clears throat> so good, dude. Um, well, I think we're good to go, dude. Those were, those were yeah. great. Uh, I didn't even know you were going to share those ones specifically. So I was like, oh, okay. I might do some of those myself. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, we're, we're praying for you guys. We appreciate you guys as always. Make sure you guys follow, hit the like button, whatever platform you're listening on or watching. And uh, we will see you guys in the next episode. Peace and love. Peace.